0: We found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today we're going to talk about what else but our reaction to being sequestered by the coronavirus. Along with that, I'm going to talk about Ozark. And it turns out Mike has already seen one episode as well. I have some knowledge of it. Good. Something rather unpleasant happened to me on my way to this podcast, which is that I had a technical flub and erased last week's podcast. So that happened. That was my Corona day today. Oh,
1: well, you know, that is a Corona moment because that's like it's Miller time. It's a Corona moment. Um, What I'm finding is that solitary confinement, it's making my attention span very short. And like I'm working during the week, right? I'm working remotely, but I can't remember anything. Either I'm having a very sudden onset of dementia or being alone like this for so long with just my TV, Zoom meetings notwithstanding, because I'm having plenty of those, I just don't seem as capable of retaining information as I used to be. And I think- That's interesting. I think the brain gets affected by not having the interactions with others that you're accustomed to.
0: I think that that's right. I have a daily phone call where I FaceTime both my daughters and usually Ah. there's a third person involved. And (laughs) I find that- No, I shan't.
1: I know. You can't with it to be good. But
0: I find that that really helps yes and i have someone that i walk with once or twice a week six right. feet apart and that helps a lot too so oh yeah you might need a walking buddy
1: i do think i you know i think what i need to do is even without a buddy i have not gone outside to walk oh <laughs> i've never liked that. walking, but i need to just to enjoy the day and yeah. the air it, the air is so clean you could just have it for breakfast it's, it's fantastic In the condo complex, we had a disagreement and I was one of the disagreeing parties. And one of our owners here wanted to send a contractor over to check out some uh, wiring for a project that she would like us to consider doing. So it's what you call non-essential. Yeah. Uh, The the building's operating fine. This is for like a future project. I put my foot down and I said, I'm sorry, but that's not essential business. There's an order in place about it. And I got roundly, by this one person only, belittled via email for being a, too sensitive of a little delicate flower and not being able to handle a crisis properly. <gasps> and, well, we can't do this even though we need to do it because it would be too stressful for Mike. And it, it was really, she really Who shamed gets me. off
0: having that kind of sarcasm in a group email?
1: Here's the beauty of it. Instantly, I thought of a tart, poignant little reply. But here's the beauty. I paused. And I didn't send the email, even though it would have been a good zinger, but I refrained. I just said, just give it an hour and see what you feel like in an hour. And you know what? The most wonderful thing happened. I didn't get to send my email. I chose not to send my email, but I felt so undisturbed by this thing that normally would have just driven me insane. Oh, how excellent. So I learned that sometimes not responding is the kindest thing you can do for yourself.
0: Oh, because that's it, very
1: good. Because you're not prolonging the agony of the disagreement.
0: Not only that, but it's like taking poison and expecting the other person yes. to die exactly
1: and that's kind of what she did yeah and i actually unforced i didn't try but i actually felt a little bit of compassion Mm -hmm. because i thought you know that's a a painful place to be where you want to lash out like that
0: and not only that but it is truly dangerous yeah you don't want people in your vicinity that don't need to be
1: right that's just it because if that electrician is coming to do work here he's probably going all over town and doing work against the orders that are in place so who knows he probably won't touch my doorknob but you never know you don't need it and we should protect him as well. It's supposed to be a two-way street.
0: So how's your supply of gloves and wipes and sanitizer? I have lots
1: of gloves because I use them when I dye my hair. So I have (laughs) plenty of gloves on supply. I have like boxes of gloves. How thoughtful of you. See, it pays to be vain in a pandemic. I don't have face masks. I went on Amazon to buy some face masks. I actually ordered them, but then I canceled the order because I I heard on TV, you're not supposed to do that. Even those low quality masks, everything's supposed to go to the medical people. Yours is supposed to be homemade. Yeah. So I have a bandana and I'm just going to use that. Yeah. Frankly, I haven't been out in several days, except to get my mail. You need to
0: go out, Mikey. I know
1: I need to take a walk or I'm going to go nutty.
0: Yeah. I think that maybe part of your perception is that you're just not getting enough sunlight.
1: Probably is, but you know what? I'm not depressed. It's just that I am not. Perception.
0: I didn't say depression. I said perception.
1: (laughs) Normally, a lack of light would cause depression. But for me, it's not depression. It's just that my brain's not working quite right. I'm not remembering things. I'm not retaining information.
0: Maybe it has something to do with routine and that yeah. your routine has been interrupted. And I've become a
1: great cook, though. I have to have say. Have you? Yeah.
0: I do miss our Sunday meals
1: together. Oh, my goodness. I've made some spectacular meals. Nothing fancy, but with YouTube, anyone can be a gourmet chef. This is what I've learned.
0: That's very inspiring. I should Mm -hmm. have looked up chicken thighs on YouTube because I just made a total hash of them. I thought you couldn't root chicken thighs, but I managed Mm. to do it. And in a spectacular way, they were just Mm. barely edible. And if I had had a choice, I wouldn't have. If I had (laughs) anything else to eat, I would have eaten it. So you feel like you're having a sequestering related brain?
1: A little bit of brain farting, you know, just like, I just noticed I'm just not quite on the ball all the time, but it's not real disturbing. It's just something I'm noticing. But I'm, I'm enjoying my sequestered life, but I, I do do a lot of Zoom meetings with friends of various stripes, and that's probably part of my salvation. I'm seeing people all the time, and I'm, I'm in conversations.
0: I have at least three regular meetings on Zoom a week, and oh, that's sometimes more than that. So I find it really is very helpful. I don't know what I would do without them, actually. I would feel very isolated.
1: Yeah, that would be rough. We do a lot of phone calls, but uh, the video helps.
0: It does. This helps.
1: Here we this are. Is- I didn't <laughs> even
0: count this as one of my Zoom meetings, but yet it is. <laughs> yet it definitely is. We're making contact.
1: <laughs> connection. We have a
0: connection. We have a connection. We always no. had a connection. Well, other than erasing the podcast. Oh, it
1: was traumatic. I'm doing I'm sure. okay.
0: I'm doing okay. I think most of the reason I'm doing okay is because I'm getting out. Today was the first day that I didn't because I spent so much time with the messed up, you know, looking for the for the lost podcast. Right, right. <laughs> I realized that, no, it wasn't missing. It was absolutely just erased. Oh, so, brother. You know, when they say flatlining, that's exactly oh. what I got. Instead of all of those wiggles on the line. All oh, the beautiful blue squiggles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was just one flat line. And other than that, you know, I just, I keep a schedule. I don't sleep late. I get up when I can. I mean, I get up as early as I can. I have my coffee. I read the paper. I go out and get some exercise. I come back. I usually have some work to do on the, um, on editing the podcast. So there's that and the meetings that I have. So I have a full life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, I am loving not having to drive to work. That's just wonderful.
0: Hey, by the way, I believe I'm supposed to get one of those checks that they talk about. Yes. The government
1: checks, the government cheese. But
0: did you get a tax refund this year? No, but I get social security and it's direct deposited into my account. Oh, so they'll have it from that. that.
1: Yeah. Because otherwise I
0: think it takes three to four
1: months. That's the other big event for me of the week. I don't mean to spring this on you all of a sudden. I applied for my social security this week. Oh yeah. I mean, I online officially said started in July 2020, which is when I hit full retirement age. And You'll be rich. the money's just going to be flowing in. <laughs> it's going to be fabulous. I'm going to Europe. How great. But I had to grieve a little bit after I hit the button. It was kind of like I've done it and it, and it's all great. But I really felt like I was going through a Gail Sheehy passage of life. It was kind of like I'm going to this. To the other side. The other side of the retirement curtain. I mean, it's not deeply sad or anything, but I have to yeah. just cop to, I felt my mortality when I did it. It just yeah. felt like, oh yeah. boy, the years dwindled down to a precious few. And oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah. It wasn't like a deep, dark depression. It was just like, whoa, this is I real. Light is that. really moving along and the years are really counting off and I don't that's meet- the way i felt when i hit menopause <laughs> <laughs> me too
0: <laughs> no i could i could definitely see that happening
1: yeah it was it was unexpected it because i was caught up in just making sure i got all the answers right so i was caught up in the mechanics of it but then when i finally hit that submit it was like i'm in social security land now i mean it won't start for a few months but uh, isn't I'm it del- amazing
0: that you I'm can just do it online videos. yeah you just- oh it's wonderful it's so simple. It's like, do you want to apply for social security? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. You, you have, have like a page to fill out. Right, right. They've got all the records.
1: Right. You just answer a few questions and there yeah. you go. Yeah. Anyway, talk about boomer angst. That oh, was some
0: you did! You had boomerangs. I you met had boomerangs. Boomerangs.
1: Oh, oh. Well, uh, how are you feeling now? I'm kind of looking forward to the extra cash. I think it'll be nice.
0: I think that's so great that you can work and collect at yeah. the same time. So you can take me with you now to Europe. There we go. Yes. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll
1: have a birthday party over there. That
0: would be. Oh, fun. that would be so much fun. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I guess we should move on to Ozark. Sure,
1: Ozark, go for it.
0: I want to preface this by saying that I owe my career to Jason Bateman because there was a time when he was a young actor and he was just the hottest thing on NBC and they wanted a movie for him to do during his hiatus. And I found a script and it just so happened that my husband at the time, Ian, was working at ICM and they had a packaging department. They represented Jason Bateman. They put him Mm -hmm. in the script. I got Uh. a producing credit and I was kind of off to the races. That was the first thing I ever had produced. It was a script called Moving Target. It was a fun little movie, not anything very deep, but he was right. really cute in it. And so I owe him, you know, I've watched him avidly over the years and really felt he hit his stride in Arrested Development. Oh yeah. There's something brilliant. about his performance in that that's just so yeah. brilliant. A combination of confusion and superiority. Right. <laughs> so watching him in this, And he directed the first two or three episodes. Right. I noticed, which I thought were amazing. I had watched the first half of the first episode whenever it was first on, I guess, three years ago. And I just didn't spark to it. I don't know what hit me wrong about it, but this time when I watched it, I just couldn't believe that I skipped it the original time because it moved so quickly. There was so much going on. Oh my God, there was one reveal after another, after another. And I just felt like I dove into a really great lake, Lake of the Ozarks.
1: The Lake of the Ozarks.
0: And, And I've never been, have you been to the Ozarks?
1: No, I, they're in Missouri, right? Somewhere southern I Missouri. Think so, or yeah, something? Missouri. No, no, I haven't.
0: What I heard about this before I decided to watch it again, because both my daughters and just everybody seemed to be wild about it, mm-hmm. was that it was Breaking Bad with a CPA instead mm-hmm. of a chemistry teacher. Mm-hmm. That kind of is what it is. He's really just laundering money. He doesn't have anything to do with making meth. Right. He finds himself caught up in a drug cartel
1: that is white collar criminal.
0: Yeah. Yes, and his partner has something going on, Something, something's happening there. Things get pretty rough in that first episode. I forget where it
1: ends, but what did you think of it? I had a little more like you described your first reaction. I watched it. I had high hopes for it. I, Where I'm on the same page as you is I love Jason Bateman. I think he's great. I just felt, I might go in a few more episodes and see if maybe I get a better feeling from it, but I felt like they were trying to be Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? I felt like it was very written. Oh. And I, so I didn't get that experience of just going into the plot, you know, getting carried away. I But see. you never know. Sometimes it's just a function of what time of day you're watching the TV and stuff like that, what frame of mind you're in. But I didn't find it as compelling or it didn't just suck me in the way some other shows have. Oh, like, that's interesting. Uh,
0: it worked on me the second time. And yeah. Especially after the first episode, into the second, and now into the third. Yeah. Just because he's so in over his head. I mean, every episode, it's like, how are you going to get out of this one? Right. And that's what's so compelling about it. Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. that he's ever going to survive this.
1: Right. I did think the bit about the wife, Laura Linney. <laughs> She's no angel either. And oh, it's, shit, no. Yeah, and that's that part I did kind of like. As I look back on my experience watching it, I think I got more taken into the story about her than about him. I felt like the early scene where the criminal guy is confronting these white-collar guys, and it's very violent.
0: Well, we've seen that know. before.
1: Yeah, it just didn't pull me in. But I might give it another shot.
0: That didn't pull me in, really. That wasn't the Mm -hmm. appealing factor. And I think that now that you just said it, part of what I find so fascinating is that she isn't an angel and pretty unapologetic about it, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of distance between them. I don't know how they're going to pull that together either. Right. And they have these two kids who are sort of vacillating between believing the worst of their father and trying to be in denial about it. Right. So it's a hot mess. And I'm just really curious to see what he does not have much time to get his shit together and so I figured that I could devote that amount of time to seeing where the hell he ended up with it.
1: Well I read ahead I read a lot of the synopses that you know those two sentence little blurs. and no um, no, I'm not going to say what was in them but it's clear from those that there's going to be a lot of twists and turns with characters that in the first episode you don't even think are important characters. Oh
0: really okay.
1: Yeah. How Um, far in are you?
0: I'm halfway through the fourth episode. Okay. So I really just started. You're right. I mean, there's, season three has just started. Right. And there's a lot of chatter about that. So there's not, I actually don't know how many episodes they are per season. Oh yeah. I imagine I about 10 or 12.
1: 10 usually, right?
0: Oh, okay. Well. So I can catch up pretty quickly.
1: It's coronavirus time. You can catch up on it. lots of watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything more to say about Ozark except that I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm into
1: it. I think it's number two of streaming on Netflix. Oh, what's and, number uh, one? I think Tiger King is one.
0: Oh, of, of course, Tiger King is number one. And I watched
1: it, by the way. Oh, and what'd you think? It was fun. I felt it was like a guilty pleasure. Because, you know, yes. you're watching these terrible, poor, awful, white trash losers. You're just watching them going through all of this storm and drunk and hating each other. And it's like yes. Hills and McCoys. And it's like watching the Jerry Springer show. Yes. I felt like I was watching Jerry Springer and enjoying yeah. it, which yeah. I also, I will admit that there were times when I did that.
0: He is the world's biggest hot mess. Yeah.
1: The, the other one too, uh, Carol.
0: Oh, she's, the, oh yeah. What the hell's going on with her?
1: Yeah. She's really scarier because she seems saner. Yeah, she's not. And she's doing
0: the same thing he's doing. She's basically
1: got a zoo that she makes money off of. And marketing it as a rescue center. She's a little smarter than he is, is really what it comes down to.
0: On a business level, but he's cannier than she is. Yeah. I mean, he's capable of being quite disruptive. Mm -hmm. Although they were smarter, they had more money. I mean, he shouldn't have gone up against somebody who had so much money.
1: But his running for governor seemed like a real parallel to Trump. Like this crazy weird reality show guy is running for governor and everybody's making a joke about it and he came in third.
0: I know I was prepared for him to win. I couldn't remember yeah, like who was 19%
1: of the vote Oklahoma. Of the of Oklahoma.
0: And they said the same thing about him that they said about Trump. Well, he's oh, right. authentic.
1: That's right. He'd be better than those crazy people we have now. That's At least right. he speaks his mind and he tells it like it is, which is the opposite of what he does. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's true. But that's it's how people true. perceive <laughs> mm. At the risk of going long, I just remembered, I watched something else really interesting this week that made me think of you. It's a a new front line. It's about plastic waste.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: And damn, I have to say you are right about recycling and plastics. And this front line makes it so clear. What do they say? Basically, recycling was a hoax that was foisted upon us by the petrochemical industry so that we would have a sense that it was safe to buy plastics and that recycling doesn't work. That There's a small percentage of plastics that do lend themselves to recycling, like the water bottles, a certain kind. But 90% of the plastics in the supermarket that have the little triangle of arrows underneath are not recyclable, and they're ending up in the ocean or in villages of poor people in Indonesia or what have you. There's just no room for them anymore, and animals are dying and all of that. But the real point it makes is that this whole thing of communities and individuals, they make the point, they say, individual consumers have no leverage on the environmental impact problem of plastics. That it has to go to the petrochemical industry that's making these plastics. And right now they want to make more plastics because they're using less oil now because cars are electric and all of this. So it's getting worse.
0: uh, Open some kind of big plastic producing mega
1: construction just recently. But the point I had never seen before is that this whole concept of I bought my special recycling trash can, right? This whole thing of oh, I'm helping the environment because I'm recycling, it's all baloney. None of it gets A small percent does get recycled, but it's a plot. It's not an accident. They consciously brainwashed us into thinking recycling was the answer. And now if I go to the supermarket, oh, I can buy this carton of lettuce in a plastic clamshell because there's a triangle underneath it. No, it's not recyclable. It just yeah. says it's recyclable, but it isn't. Yeah. And they said the good news about right now where we are is we're experiencing another wave of consumer concern. Uh-huh. And they haven't had this since like the 80s. And it's a time where it's coming into the public mindset and people are complaining and protesting. But what happens when that happens is that the petrochemical industry takes 50 or $100 million and devises a marketing campaign to take tell us that recycling is the answer when they know that recycling it won't do it. Good. It's just yeah. like the tobacco companies telling us that smoking was safe.
0: Well, so, I know that one of the big protests that people, one of the big sort of social experiments is people going off single-use plastic and just avoiding any products that are packaged in single-use plastic, which I would find very difficult.
1: It's very hard. How do you buy shampoo?
0: There are places <laughs> that will actually come by or you can go by where you're able to... you. The problem is there's only one kind of shampoo, so if you have dandruff, oh, then, right.
1: that's not going to work for you. But even so, the point made in this front line is that even if you do do that, it's not going to help. The problem can only be effectively addressed at the manufacturing level. So, individuals going plastic free isn't going to do it, you know. It's well, not going to reduce demand enough.
0: I think that we have to have a movement against the manufacturers who use plastic packaging and right. it has to be a big social movement. It has it's has to, to be huge it. because
1: we need legislation and we're not going to get it because yeah. because ExxonMobil and all those companies have our legislature in their back pockets.
0: That's true. But remember, the tobacco companies seemed indomitable at one point. That's
1: true. Things are changing. And I think actually this pandemic is making a lot of people think differently about a lot of things.
0: I think things are going to be different once we're on the other side of it. One thing that has occurred to me is that if we wanted to stop global warming, this would be one way to do it. Not traveling, yes. not driving, yes. not taking planes.
1: Well, And my, this is morbid, but as serious as the coronavirus situation is, compared to what's going to happen in 30 or 40 years, when we just can't function at all because the planet has become overrun with our, yeah, we're taxed. It's going to be worse then than this is. This is temporary. Exactly.
0: This is temporary. But I think that if we were serious about global warming, Mm -hmm. we would do what we're doing and it it would suck. But But I was thinking that's the level at which we would have to commit.
1: Yeah. You could have a month where you just say, okay, everyone has to not use use petrochemicals for one month. But see, people wouldn't feel... I think the reason the social distancing is working is because we're aware of our own vulnerability to the virus. True. And there
0: are many people who are in climate change denial.
1: Right, or and there are even those Republican governors who are in denial about this virus. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess the ray of hope is that we're learning through this experience that we are capable of changing our behaviors when we recognize the importance.
0: I think that that's very transformative. And I think maybe not for my daughter's generation because they're millennials, but for the generation coming up mm. who are aware of what's happening, not small children, but for those that are in college and who are so affected by this, their right. lives will be affected by the economy and all of what's going to be wrong. Right. So that will change a lot of lives. And we will see things differently. We will yeah. not shake hands. We will stay a certain distance from each other right. on a regular basis. Right. I think that we will be a less voluble people, which is not a great thing. I mean, yeah. we might stick to our tribes more closely.
1: Well, this oh, has been an enlightening I'm so high on my soapbox, I can hardly see the ground. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think that's going to do it for us, Boomers. Thanks for listening. Thanks for seeking us out. And we will talk to you in a week. So long, Boomers. Bye-bye. Bye.